Welcome to the Harvest Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that it will encourage and inspire you. Enjoy this week's message. Good morning, church. So good to see you again online. Greetings to all those. Uh, I must uh, say that we do have a regular uh, online uh, listener from uh, NZAC, Linda. Special shout to Linda. And also to, from Macau and those who are from Singapore, and those who are from America, again, we thank you, as well as all those who are from Outstation. We greet you in the name of our Lord, and happy Father's Day. Today is 20th June. We are supposed to celebrate Father's Day, and as always, we have a special gift for the fathers, but this time, we are celebrating Father's Day under very special time. Allow me, first of all, to pray for all fathers who are here, and we, we bless you, and, and we, we want to make this day special to you, and allow me to pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you because you are our Heavenly Father. We come before you, recognizing that, Lord, you are the one that have, Lord, blessed us and kept us. We pray that throughout this pandemic, you will keep us safe, you will keep us sound, you will keep us, Lord, uh, serving you and loving you wherever we are. We pray for fathers who are struggling. We ask for extra grace. We pray for fathers who are affected by this pandemic, that your presence will be with them. We pray for fathers who are affected to, Lord, by this pandemic through lost job or loss of income. We pray sufficient grace will be with them this morning. So into thy loving hand, we commit all those who are listening in. May we find encouragement in your word and from your presence. We pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thank you again for listening in and we want to wish every father, young father, old father, grandfather, spiritual fathers a happy Father's Day. I've entitled my message this morning, Why Are Fathers Unappreciated and Not Celebrated? It is so true. According to uh, the nationalretail.com, they say that fathers get less attention than mothers. In fact, children spend more on Father's Day than Mother's Day. Father's Day get less gifts. Why? Because children splash on mothers more than on Father's Day. Fathers get less phone call and less dinners than mothers. Why? Because I think uh, uh, marketing has something to do with it. We fathers are often unappreciated and not celebrated enough. But this morning, with God's help and the Holy Spirit, I, I want to celebrate a special father that is mentioned in the Word of God. Now, many times, you know, when we look into the Word, we find that they, they are just a passing narrative. But this morning, I'd like to bring out the truth that uh, I've been learning from this man and is taken from Mark chapter 5, characteristics of a good father. This morning, we want to celebrate good fathers. And if you are listening in, you can be a good father if you establish this few principles. Now, the story begins with Jesus returning from the other side, from the Sea of Galilee. 
And it's interesting because in Mark chapter 4, we read how Jesus and the disciples went over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee and when they landed there, they were greeted with the demons, a very demonized man, crazy, naked, violent, and they were greeted by this man in the graveyard, in a cemetery. And if you read the context, you will discover that was an encounter, and this man was possessed by many demons. It was quite shocking for the disciples as well. Now, if you pick up that account, you will read that Jesus delivered that man from all the demons and make him sound. He was able to sit after his deliverance. He was able to talk and communicate with the Lord. And he even wanted to make a decision to follow the Lord. But the Lord said, no, you go back and tell your friends and relatives what the Lord has done for you. And with that, the man stayed back and Jesus and the disciples were actually driven back to this side of Galilee because the owners of the pigs, 2,000 of them, were drowned out of that. They fell off the cliff and the villagers were not very happy with the Lord. And so with that, the Lord and the disciples came back over to this side of Galilee. And this is where we picked up. You see, there are problems on both sides of Galilee. Why? Because on the other side, we read of a heavily demonized man. And as soon as Jesus came back to this side, we were greeted with Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, his sickly daughter. Now, on the other side, we read that they were the Gentiles where they rare pigs. And so when the Lord came back to this side of Galilee, this side were mainly Jewish people. Now on the other side, we read the man who was possessed was a nobody, a nameless man. Nobody cared for him. He was left alone in the graveyard. Now on this side of Galilee, we read about Jairus, a prominent, a man of status, a ruler of synagogue. And when I begin to read both accounts, I get the feeling that sometimes we feel we are on the wrong side. Life will be better, life will be simpler, life will be more prosperous if we end up on the right side. Unfortunately, from this account, we read the truth is there is problems on both sides, whether on the gathering side or on this side of Galilee, we have problem. And this is so true. You know, many times we wonder if only I can be on the right side of things, then my life will be changed. If only I can be on the right side of things, my life will be fantastic. But I got news for you as we discover that there were problems on both sides. Now, out of these, I want to share with you this morning about Jairus, the ruler of synagogue. As I've said earlier, today we want to celebrate a good father. Now, what are the characteristics of a good father? 
a good father, number one, knows his priority. We read here, as soon as Jesus landed on this side of Galilee, he was greeted by Jairus. In Mark chapter 5, verse 22, you say, Then one of the synagogue's rulers named Jairus came to him. Now, it's a very important thing. Sometimes when we read this narrative, we, we, we don't put the emphasis or the importance to it. It describes the urgency of the situation. A good father knows his priority. What does that mean? You see, there are some things fathers cannot delegate to others. We read in this account, Jairus himself came to seek the Lord. He didn't send his wife. He didn't send his servant. He didn't send someone else on his behalf. He came personally. And it is so important that we realize this. Because sometimes there are fathers and husbands who are among us. You know, they will send their children, they will send their wives to church, but not themselves. And when you ask them why, they say, oh, we are so busy with our business, we are busy with our career, so busy with their sports, so busy with their friends, that they don't have the time. And so they delegate this religious upbringing to the wives and to the children. They will send them to the, to the church, but not themselves. But Jairus knew his priority. He did not delegate anyone to go on behalf because this concerned his daughter. Now, this daughter must be very dear and close to him. And that's why he knew that it is his priority that he should seek the Lord. Secondly, we read here, a good father knows his calling. Knows his calling. And I, 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 I read here, he went as a father, not as a ruler of synagogue. Firstly, he went personally. Secondly, he went as a father, not a ruler of synagogue. The scripture tells us, seeing Jesus, he fell down on his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, saying, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed. Verse 23. Now it's interesting, he came as a father, not as a ruler with status or prominence or sense of importance. You know, a ruler of synagogue was in those days a very prominent man. Everybody knows him. Everybody knows that there are status and sense of importance attached to it. There's great wealth, as we will soon discover he had a lot of servants. But yet, he knew his calling. His calling was a father, not a ruler. And it is important that we fathers listening in this morning must never allow our title, our prestige, our status to stand in the way of coming to know the Lord. He came pleading. In King James Version, he said he begged. He humbled himself. Now friends, all those of us who are listening in this morning, it's not an easy thing to plead especially when you are a man of status, a man of title, 
It's not easy to come before in the crowd of so many people and ask and plead. But Jairus knew his calling. He was able to detach himself from his work, his title, his status. He knew in his heart of heart what was important at that point was his dying daughter. And so he came pleading. This morning, I wonder how many fathers and husbands will come pleading for their children. Jairus did that. He was unashamed. He was unashamed. He threw caution to the wind when he begged Jesus to come with him. Why? Because his daughter was dying. Fathers, I pray that this morning you and I will know our calling. Nothing can be more important than our family, our children. There is, you know, sometimes we allow titles and we allow our business, we allow our, our other things to come in and stand in the way. Thank God that Jairus did not, did not allow that to stand in the way. You know, I'm reminded of Naaman. In the Old Testament, the commander of the Syrian army, this is recorded for us in 2 Kings chapter 5, you know, he heard about the healing power of the prophet Elijah and he asked Lee from the king to go over to Israel so that Elijah can heal him of his leprosy. And in this account we read, unlike, unlike Jairus, he was so offended because, you know, the prophet did not entertain him, the prophet did not come out of his house to, to, to greet him. He was so furious because he was a ruler of the Syrian army. He was offended and he wanted to walk away at the treatment given by the prophet until one of his servants said to him, Master, you know, listen, there is healing here. He had a change of heart and thank God he stayed back and experienced his healing. In that heat of the moment, he could have easily walked away from from, from his miraculous healing, if he had allowed all these things to come in between him and the prophet. But thank God he stayed. He almost lost his healing, come to think about it, why he was offended. And how many times we allow offenses, misunderstanding to come in between. Fathers, let us be like Jairus. Don't allow those things to come in between. I also read about Nicodemus. Sometimes we are so caught up with titles. Now, Nicodemus was a, a, a Pharisee in John chapter 3. For the fear of the Jews, he dare not come to Jesus during the day. He came to the Lord during the night. Why? For fear of being singled out, for fear of being identified. And so many times... We are like earth. We, we, we are like Naaman and Nicodemus. We, we allow our status in life or, or sense of importance. But thank God for Jairus. He knew his calling and he humbled himself. He pleaded with the Lord that he will come to his house to heal his daughter. Now, thirdly, I'd like to bring another point across and that is a good father puts up with interruption. Now we read in the narrative in the scripture, the Lord was willing to go with Jairus to his house. 
And you and I know that halfway through, suddenly there was a huge crowd following him and suddenly the Lord stopped and asked the question, who touched me? Apparently, there was a lady in a crowd who had problem, a bleeding cancer in her body. For 12 years, she suffered. And, and, and she said to, him, to herself, if only I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Imagine the crowd following the Lord, Jairus on the way to the house, and suddenly that journey was interrupted. And every minute of that interruption, what goes on in the minds of Jairus? You're wondering, my daughter is dying and any moment life can go out from her and yet Jesus here was stopped in his track talking to the woman who interrupted him. You see, life is full of interruption, my friends. And, and uh, I believe it was uh, this Hendrik Nolan who once said this, you know, my whole life I've been complaining that my work was constantly interrupted until I discover that my interruption actually were my work. You see, we must understand that in life there will be interruption. This pandemic that has hit the whole world has interrupted the world in many, many ways. Nobody could have imagined that this interruption has gone on for so long. One and a half years later, we, all our lives have been interrupted in some way. Loss of job, loss of income, loss of lives even. Thousands have died due to this pandemic. Business have closed. Business suffer severely lost. And you find that life interrupted. Life comes to a standstill. The other day I was reading a quote that says this, not all storms come to disrupt our life. Some come to clear our parts. So in this instant, even though the woman interrupted Jesus and Jairus' journey, something good came out of it. What was that? That woman experienced healing. Something that she had on her body for 12 long years. And one touch of the Lord's garment completely healed her. Now, imagine you are Jairus. You are watching all this happening before your eyes. The delay, you're probably sensing the urgency. Why this interruption but this interruption is good as far as Jairus is concerned. You know why? Because he saw the power of healing right before his eyes. The conversation that transpired between the lady and the Lord somehow built faith in him that Jesus can truly heal. So even though he was interrupted, there was something good that came out of it. And, and same with us. We have our fair share of delay. We have our fair share of frustration. We have fair share of our pain and loss. Some of us, you know, feel that life has come to a standstill. We have to postpone our plans. We have to postpone our projects. Some of us are lamenting. Yeah, we have to postpone even our overseas trip. And 
every minute, every hour, every day, we know is crucial to our survival. You know, and then now the government announced another two more weeks. And, and to those of us who have businesses and career, we know another two more weeks is a long time. And your life is interrupted. I want you to receive encouragement this morning, just like Jarius. Yes, he sensed an urgency. Every minute that Jesus stopped is taking the time off his precious daughter. And I want to encourage you this morning that you may feel that your lives are interrupted at this moment. But I pray that the grace of God and the Spirit of God will encourage you, enable you, that in the midst of all this interruption, God will do something to encourage you. Which brings me to the last point, and that is a good father is strong and steadfast. Now, imagine, let me come back to this story again. While all these were happening, suddenly, Jairus' servants came running and the voices that came out from the crowd was, Master, your daughter is dead. Let me read this scripture. While Jesus was still speaking, some man came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, saying, your daughter is dead. They say, why bother anymore? Why bother the teacher anymore? Now, Jesus, ignoring what they said, told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Now, can you imagine receiving the news, the death of your daughter, due to the interruption of that lady, can you imagine the anguish on a father's face to be told that your daughter is dead? And can you imagine you just witnessed a miraculous healing and now the, that the finality of that sickness, your daughter is dead. And Jesus turned to Jairus or Jairus and said, don't be afraid, only believe. I know we live in seasons where there's lots of fear going around. We cannot deny fear got hold of Jairus that day to be told that the daughter is dead. But you, you and I, we need to cling on. We must keep on believing. We must keep on believing. The Lord turned to Jairus and said, keep believing. Don't give up. Be strong. Be steadfast. And this is something we need to know. Because fathers don't give up on the prodigal sons and prodigal daughters of yours. Sometimes they have gone separate ways. They have gone ways that, 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 that do not please you. But I want to encourage all fathers who are listening in, don't give up on your family. Don't give up when someone come and said the situation is dead. And many times we give in to situation around us and we say, it's too late. Don't bother the teacher anymore. And, and can you imagine if you have stopped then, then your miracle would have stopped. But I thank God Jairus didn't give up. 
Even though when he was told that a daughter is dead, he continued the journey. And I want to encourage all fathers who are here, don't give up on your family too soon. Don't give up on your children too soon. Don't give up on hope too soon. You know, many times we are overwhelmed by what's happening all around us. But I want to encourage you, all those who are listening in, maybe you are at a point or on the verge of giving up because the situation around you looks so dead. But I want to speak life. I want to speak hope to you today. Even though it can, be, it can be referring to a business deal that have gone dead and silent for a long while, or it could be a situation, you know, a, a sort of a relationship that, that has turned so bad there is no coming back alive, or it could be referring to a, a, a situation in your home that your whole family is in this array trouble. And, uh, and looking at the chances, there's no opportunity of it to be coming alive. I want to encourage you this morning, be like Jairus. Don't give up too soon. Only believe. Yes, we read on. There will be all kinds of commotion and wailing. Can you imagine Jairus continued that journey and finally reached the house where there was commotion and wailing. And he said to all of them who were wailing and making so much of noise, the child is not dead but asleep. And we read here, they laugh at him. <laughs> Have you ever been laughed at? I do. Many times in my life I've been laughed at. When people look at us and yet we stubbornly believe and hold our ground, when people say it cannot be done, we stubbornly believe that it, it, it can be done. When many people will laugh and, and all the noises they make contradict our feeling on the inside and, and they, 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 they are saying, what ridiculous, they mock us. You know, in life, there'll be many mockers. They will mock at us because they don't share our value. They will mock at us because they don't share our level of faith. And, and you know, we, we, you know, talking about coming to this building that we, we, we are in now, you know, there's so many mockers initially when we talk about buying this facility. They mock at us. They mock at what we plan to do. But praise be unto God, we believe God and today we are in this building and we didn't give up. We didn't give up. There was so much of noise of net negativity, so much of noise of unbelief, but we didn't give up. We were steadfast, we were strong and today we move into this building. It's more than 10 years since. So I want to encourage you fathers who are listening in. Don't give up in a means of commotion, in a means of mockers, especially in this season that we are living in. The situation may be confusing, situation may appear dead, situation at home. We have prodigal sons and daughters that have long cold, they have turned away, turned their back from the Lord. Situation that seems so broken, complicated. There are wailing and mockers laughing at us. Too late, they say. She is dead. Too late, they say. There is nothing left. 
You know what? In closing, I want to encourage you. You know what the Lord did in the midst of all these negative atmosphere, negative people, He cast them out. When Jesus, together with Jairus, entered the house, you read in the scripture, He only took Peter, James, and John inside the house. The rest, they, He left them outside. And so there are times in our life we need to break away from all these criticism, all these mockers. Why? Because God still is saying to us, our daughter is not dead. Our project is not dead. Our relationship is not dead. Our prodigals were returned. Someone once said, the world is full of suffering but it is also full of overcoming. I can be changed by what happens to me, but I refuse to be reduced by it. Many times, things happen to us, but let them change us for the better. Don't let them reduce us to something we are not. So this morning, as I wrap this up, I want to encourage you the characteristics of a good father. One who is strong in his priority. He came personally. He didn't delegate to anyone. One who knows his calling as a father. He didn't become so caught up with his work and titles. He came personally and earnestly asked the Lord, for healing for his daughter. One who knows to put up with interruption. There will be interruptions in life and this pandemic spell it out so clear for us. Our lives are all interrupted. But something good can come out of this. There was healing for another woman. There was miracle for another person. And I do pray that this interruption that all of us are going through will lead us, will strengthen our faith to something good. And finally, a good father will know how to be strong and steadfast in the face of adversity. I want to encourage you this morning why fathers are so important. And to all those fathers who are listening in, be strong for your family. Be steadfast for your family. We want to celebrate fathers today. I know not in a scale that mothers are celebrated, but if you are listening in this morning, I want to pray for you. Maybe you are in a situation that seems so dead. Maybe you are caught in, in a business deal or in a relationship that seems dying and no hope. I want to pray for you this morning that with God's help, as we've seen in the life of Jairus, God raised the daughter from dead. So this morning, allow me to pray for you wherever you are. I sense in my spirit there are some who are listening to this. You are on the verge of giving up. 
You can't stand the voices of mockers. You can't stand the negativity that is taking place in your situation. But I pray, like Jairus, our faith will not fail. There's a song that says, my anchor holds. In the midst of all that, our anchor will hold. Father, in Jesus' name this morning, I pray for all fathers and all mothers and anyone who is listening in this morning, that you will encourage us, you will, Lord, strengthen us, strengthen our resolve. There are some who are on the verge of giving up, looking at the situation around them. But I pray that the Spirit of God will reach out to them wherever they are. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name, come true for them. Break through for them. Let them see the resurrection. Let them see the healing. Let them see the restoration that will come because we believe in Jesus' name. We bless everyone, all fathers, all mothers, everyone who is listening in. We pray that hope in our hearts will arise again, that no matter how trying and difficult our situation may be, there is always that Christ, the living hope. In Jesus' name, I bless your people. Amen.